plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine. It is great to have you in on a Friday. On Twitter, at James Rapine, at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe, iTunes, Audioboom.com. Also, the iHeartRadio app. Man, oh man, do we have a lot for you today. You are going to hear from A.J. Green, John Ross, and we're going to hopefully get our film review in with Joe Goodberry all in this podcast. And man, oh man, a lot to get to. A lot to get to. I'm in a surprisingly good mood. I don't know about you. I don't know what the hell we watched yesterday, but I'm in a good mood. I got asked on Twitter a couple days ago, hey, James, have you went to see It yet? It, I can't wait to see it. Haven't yet. I said, I guarantee it won't be scarier than what I saw on Sunday. Well, damn it, Thursday night football was about as scary. Andy Dalton was about as bad, minus the turnovers. That guy right now can't hit the broadside of a barn. Brandon LaFell, wide open, huge play, overthrows him. I mean, there was no one within five yards. I thought about it to myself. I play in a co-ed flag football league. It's a beer league. It is not a serious league. But my God, if the quarterback missed that throw, I would wonder what the hell was going on in a co-ed flag football league where people are chugging beer, at least drinking beer, on the sidelines. And yet Andy Dalton, on an offense that hasn't scored, has time, clean, clean. He rolls out. Easy throw, five yards away. I mean, that dude, five yards in front of Brandon LaFell. Like, it is hard to be that inaccurate. And then the other throw that really, really sticks out to me is another one to Brandon LaFell, where he just chucked it right into the ground, super low on a slant on a third down that would have kept the Bengals on the field around midfield in the fourth quarter. All right, so that's where I'll start. I also don't know what the hell Ken Zampezi's doing. And I wrote about it, and I want you to check it out. Even if you're not familiar with my work at ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati, check it out. Go to ESPN1530.com slash James. I wrote about 800 words on the Bengals, where they're out, where they go from here, the easiest solution to maybe get things turned around. And I don't think it's firing Marvin Lewis. Check that out on my blog at ESPN1530.com slash James. A lot to get to. A lot to get to. Ken Zampezi's a clown. I'm serious. I don't know what the hell else to say. A.J. Green has 10 catches through two games. And you might say, oh, well, that's on pace. Five receptions a game, 80 catches. That isn't that bad. A little down, but not much different than what his, his normal is. Okay, let's roll with that. 80 catches is fine if the offense is on fire and it's... It, And it's doing what we expected it to do. I've gotten ripped on Twitter for saying this offense should have averaged 30 points a game. They should! I'm not backing down from that. 
I've gotten ripped from saying that for saying that John Ross is a good player, that John Ross is going to benefit the Bengals. He should in benching him after fumbling in that situation. I get it because there's a precedent where you bench the rookie and you teach him. I don't really get it though. He's he's better than Alex Erickson. All right. And if you want Alex on the field, put John on the field as well. There needs to be some consistency from this offense. Maybe you do that, you get out of a funk by having a guy like John Ross, who, even on that play where he fumbled, showed how explosive he could be because he went from the line of scrimmage to eight yards down the field in about a half a second. I mean, this offense is too loaded, too loaded with weapons. I don't know what the hell Tyler Eifert was doing running out of bounds when he was wide open. Bad awareness. But my God, the offensive coordinator... Hell, that's how he probably drew up the play. I don't understand it. Here's what I do know. When you listen to this interview with A.J. Green, when he talks with reporters after the game, you tell me if this is a guy, this is your best player, he's ranting, he's going off. You tell me if this is a guy you want to piss off, if this is a guy worth making angry by keeping Ken Zampezi around. To me, A.J. Green, a guy who's pretty quiet. He's not Chad Johnson, who was in the house last night, by the way. Not that kind of guy. Not that kind of personality. A.J. Green is pissed off. Here he is with reporters after the game. Would you like to see more 50-50 opportunities? Of course. Who wouldn't? That's what I want, man. Just give me a chance, and I'll go make the play. Simple as that. You've never gone through anything like this here, A.J. Are you just at a loss for words? It's tough, man. Um... We put a lot of work in this, man. We 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 put a lot of work in this, this to come laying these eggs and taking these L. It's tough. It's tough when you you work you work your butt off every day and you're not getting the results you want when you when you know you can. Um, so, like I said, man, we we gotta we gotta find a way to get our playmakers the ball, whatever that is, play calling or whatever it is. We gotta we gotta do that, man. Um, like I said, this is superstar driven league. It's not gonna work without us. So it's been a little bit of something different at times, whether it's protection times, Andy misbranded on a play. I mean, it just it, it always seems like it's, it's been something. How do you fix that? We can live with those. We can live with Andy missing a throw here and there. We can live with that. But when it's crunch time, we got to find a way to get our playmaker the ball. It's as simple as that. It's not, it's not in your nature to say, you know, get me the ball. But I guess two games without a touchdown forces you to the brink. It's tough, man. Like I said, we put in a lot of work here. You know, I put in a lot of work, um, so when you're not getting the ball like that, it's, 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 it's tough, man. But you know, like I said, we're going to continue to lead this offense, you know, lead my receiver group, and, and then we see what happens. So you look a, a little bit agitated more so than, than normal, I guess, after a loss. I mean, it's, it's a frustrating mountain. It's tough, man. Like I said, man, I put in a lot of work. We put in a lot of work, you know. But like I said, we got we to gotta find a way to get our playmakers the ball simple as that. Is that something that's coming from upstairs? Is that something that's coming from changing? I don't know. They got to figure it out, but we need to get our playmakers ball the ball. Simple as that. It is as simple as that. That's what boggles my damn mind. It shouldn't be that hard to be this team's offensive coordinator. It really shouldn't be. Ken Zampezi had six months to prepare for an offensive line that wasn't that good. But, but by the way, yesterday I thought they gave him a chance. Going up against J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney, Whitney Merciless, one of the best pass rushers in the league. 
I think they held their own. And yet, somehow, someway, A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, they're not getting the ball enough. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Here's what I do understand. You pissed A.J. Green off. Like, seriously, you don't think A.J. Green, and I I tweeted this out after the Baltimore game, that if I was A.J. Green, I'd be losing my mind. And if you follow me on Twitter, you probably uh, paid it, saw it at least. It, it, a lot of people reacted to it. What do you think he's doing now? Because honestly, if I was A.J. Green, I, and, and look, the NBA is a superstar business where superstars get coaches fired all the time. If I'm A.J. Green and I've put all this work in and I know how great we could be and I think the offensive coordinator is holding us back, I'm going up to Marvin. I'm treating this just like the damn NBA. Going up to Marvin, if I have to go up to Mike Brown, if I have to go, whoever it is, and saying, look, I'm the man. Fucking give me a good offensive coordinator. Give me someone that's going to help out. Give me someone who's going to put me in a position. At the beginning of that interview, AJ, do you want 50-50 balls? Yes. Hell yes. In the red zone. Yes. Why? How is that so hard? A team that hasn't scored an offensive touchdown has been in the red zone three, four times in two games. In A.J. Green, I don't think he has a target in the red zone. What? <laughs> and it's not like they're spreading the ball out and getting the ball into other people's hands for touchdowns because they haven't scored a damn touchdown in eight quarters. Nine points in eight quarters. Randy Bullock is your MVP right now. Oh, If you're frustrated, I don't blame you. I am too. I am too. And uh, a ton today. Like, this might be our longest podcast ever. I mean, there's a lot. And uh, it's great to be with you here. We're going to continue this. You're going to hear from John Ross in just a second. But first, a word from my friends at SeatGeek. Because buying tickets to sports and concerts and live events can be complicated. But there's a simpler way to buy. It's with SeatGeek. It's smart. It's easy. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. Easiest way to get tickets for games. Let's say you want to go up to Lambeau and watch a team maybe score a touchdown and the Bengals. Maybe you want to see Aaron Rodgers score a touchdown, which will happen. We'll get to the defense, by the way, in a second. I can be anywhere, hell, on my way up to Lambeau, and with a few taps, I can get tickets. SeatGeek saves you time, money, by searching multiple ticket sites, you get the most bang for your buck because SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value and every purchase is fully guaranteed. Best of all, you're going to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONFL. Locked on NFL. LONFL is the promo code for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. It's great to have you in on a Friday. This is going to be an extended podcast. We're going to get a lot in. And I'm going to talk about the defense for a minute before I I discuss John Ross because I've obviously attached myself to John Ross. If he he has success, then I will get praise. If not, I will get bashed. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. You're going to hear from him as well. Uh, But the defense played well. And I know, I know, I get it. They weren't going up against a great offense. They were going up against a rookie quarterback, uh, a shaky offensive line in Houston. But two games in, without Vontez Perfect, the defense has done its part. If you just watch the defense, you'd think this team was 2-0. I'm serious. That's how bad the offense has been. If you would have told me a week ago, a week ago, 
before the Bengals played their first game. James, what's more likely, nine points in eight quarters or nine touchdowns in eight quarters? I would have said the latter. I would have said nine touchdowns is more likely than nine points. And I would have laughed at you for suggesting that nine points was even even something remotely possible. Remotely possible. And yet, here we are. And yet, searching for answers. I don't know how Ken Zampezi can be the offensive coordinator at Lambeau. I don't know how you can do that. I get it. You can't bench Andy. You don't want to bench Andy. He's Because A.J. McCarron probably isn't the answer. I get it. You can fire an offensive coordinator. You got to do something. And I think with these kind of weapons that it shouldn't be so damn hard to schedule plays, to run plays that are effective. To get a running back rotation that isn't clunky and forced. And that's how it feels right now. Awkward. Like Andy Dalton in the pocket. Here's another thing about Andy. And you guys are going to say I'm being unfair, but God, he had six months after getting his ass kicked by an offensive line last year and getting hit and sacked seven times in the opener in 2016 and getting hit and hit and hit and hit and hit to try to get better in the pocket when under pressure. I will ask Joe Goodberry about that. But we know, Andy, the moment that first option isn't open and there's pressure, he does a happy dance and tries to run. Whether it's roll out to the right, whether it's backpedal and go to the left, whether it's backpedal and get tripped up, that dude does not stick in the pocket, take his lumps. Hell, Deshaun Watson yesterday was better under pressure than Andy Dalton. Deshaun's in his first start. And yes, he has running ability, but that dude got thrown by Geno Atkins. <laughs> Tossed. Two plays later, whoop, takes it 49 yards to the house. Responds. I get it, Andy, you're going to get hit. The offensive line is not that good. But when you have plays on the field, you have to make them. You have to hit Brandon LaFell. You do. And there were times he threw one to Erickson. At the end of the second quarter, that was a good throw on the run during the scramble drill. I get that. The one to Eifert that didn't count, I get it. He was successful there. But, man, Andy Dalton, you're in your seventh year. Pressure. You're so damn awkward. I wrote this today on ESPN 1530. Andy Dalton is as awkward under pressure as I was in seventh grade asking a girl to dance. That dude is awkward in the pocket. When there's anything around him. Oh, my God. It's just not a good look. It's a bad formula. Bad play calling, below average offensive line, and a quarterback that can't thrive under pressure. That's a bad formula. You need to fix one of them. Are you going to fix the quarterback? I don't think you can midseason. You can't get a whole new offensive line. You know what you can do? You know what you can do? Try to fix the offensive play calling. And that's what the Bengals have to do. It's that simple. You heard A.J. Green. Find a way to get me the damn ball. It's pretty much what he said, and I agree with him, and I don't blame him for being pissed off. I don't. And you, you know what you also don't do? You don't banish a rookie. You don't get a rookie out of there that you believe in because he fumbles. Yes, it's a hell of a mistake. It's an awful mistake. It gave the Texans three points in a close game. But you're going to bench him? Bench him. That's what you do. That's nuts to me. 
it's it's nuts. I get maybe benching him for a series, two series, let him think about it. Or, and I've always been a big believer in this, the moment someone fumbles, if you believe in them, give them the ball right away. Give him the ball right away. So, like, the next drive, I would have had John Ross in and given him another touch so he forgets about it. It's just like if you get if you airball your first shot in basketball, you want to get a shot under you, whether it's a, a free throw. Hell, it could be during the timeouts. During a timeout, you want to get a shot up. It just just to see the ball go through the through the net. That's it. The Bengals, Marvin Lewis, watched John Ross airball and then took the ball and said, Man, you ain't getting another shot. And in a close game where a rookie made the biggest play of the day, I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if you should do that. And uh, in the biggest play, obviously, I'm talking about Deshaun Watson and his run on a play that seemed like he was probably going to get sacked. So, guys, I, I, I get it. John Ross, you might not be a fan of the pick. I get the whole offensive line thing. If they would have drafted an offensive lineman with the ninth pick, you know that wouldn't have made a difference last night? It, I really don't think it would have. You know what would? A better play caller. You know what would? Andy Dalton making the correct reads and throws and not being so damn awkward in the pocket. Here's John Ross after the game on the fumble, on growing as a player, and how mystified, this is the quote from Dan Hort, how mystified he is that this team, with A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert and Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard, hasn't scored a touchdown in two games, eight quarters, because that sounds worse. Eight quarters, no touchdowns. Here's John Ross with reporters after the game. I think this whole thing is a process. You know, um, I got the more I get opportunities, I think the better I'll, you know, the better I'll play. I'm not saying I didn't, like I, I need more opportunities, but uh, I've, I just got to be ready whenever they call my number. You know, so it's hard for me to say that I had a good rhythm out there because it was, it was, I was out there this play and then, you know a couple plays out and then back in. You know, so um, I just think. You know, more reps that I get, you know, I, then I'll find that rhythm. You feel 100% or before the game? I mean, do you feel healthy coming into the game? Yeah, 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 I feel good. I feel good. And um, I was always told my coach in uh, college that you you'll never feel 100%, you know. Um, and if you do, something's wrong. You know, so this is football. Um, and, you know, you just got to continue to grow from here. You've been a part of a lot of explosive offenses in college and everywhere. Is it, what's it like to go through two games and the game that you're part of here where you don't even score a touchdown? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to not, you know, um, be a factor in the game, you know, from a, from a, like, it's kind of a, a mental thing, you know, where, where you've always been like a, a big play guy and that's how, that's how you get yourself started, you know, you know, so um, maybe without that fumble, I probably would have. You know, I probably would have got myself going a little more, you know, but, you know, I definitely heard the team with that. How much did you want a chance to make a play again after that fumble? How much did you want a chance to kind of write this? Ever since that play was over, you know, I mean, every time the offense was ready to go, I was ready to go, you know. Um, you know, you definitely always want to redeem yourself. You never want to end like that. I think that's 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 never good, you know, so. Yeah. Johnny, just hit the helmet, hit, hit the balls over yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I should have had, I should have been higher and tighter with the ball. But um, he, that was a good play by him. I'm not gonna take no credit away from him. He, he got his, he got his helmet on the ball. She just had it higher and tighter. It's not exactly how you dreamed the first touchdown. Yeah, not at all. Um, but, but I mean, it's it's uh, first game. You know, I got my feet wet a little bit. You, you're always gonna learn from stuff like this. And you know, it's, 
I was also told that, you know, one play doesn't make your NFL career. Um, so, you know, I get to grow from this, and I got a lot of more opportunities coming. I don't think you, you didn't make it out too much after that. I only, only made a couple snaps after yeah. that. Was that a little bit disappointing? Well, I mean, well, I'm, I guess I'm still, I'm, I'm in that process where I'm still uh, learning and, you know, I'm, I'm also still getting thrown into the NFL, you know, so yeah, I think I, it's, it's still tough, you know. Um, I'm just patiently waiting all my time. Are you mystified by how a team with this much skill position talent has not had a touchdown yet in two games? I think we all are. Um, you know, I think it's it's uh, it's hard to, to sit back and, you know, watch everybody work so hard and we put so much work in for us to go out like that. And, um, you know, I just think it's a timing thing. I think, you know, we, we, we will get better over time. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to sit here and, and, you know, for everybody to think, oh, the Bengals are going to be like this all year. You know, that's crazy. That's crazy to me. I like his confidence. And, and the thing is, the reason I bought into John Ross so damn much is because of how intelligent he is and how physically gifted he is. And I have a question for you. And uh, we're going to have Joe Goodberry here in a couple minutes, I'm hoping. Uh, but, but I have a question for you, and it's pretty simple. We, as a fan base, as a group, and I know I'm the big John Ross guy, so I get it more than everybody else. But John Ross is getting ripped for the fumble, for not being that effective, for his size, because the Bengals didn't pick an offensive lineman with that. Like, that, that's something that's happening right now, actively happening. And I get that, but I don't get that. And I don't because, one, they would have reached on an offensive lineman. Seriously, they would have had to have reached on an offensive lineman with the ninth pick. Reports are, I've talked to people, and I've said it here on Lockdown Bengals, they tried to trade back. They couldn't find a trade partner that they thought was willing to give them value. And secondly, no one's discussing Joe Mixon. No one. Because the line's so bad. Okay. The line's so bad. So Joe Mixon gets a pass, and no one says, well, the Bengals especially at running back, a position that is viewed across the league as, as a position where you could find running backs later in drafts. Hell, you can get undrafted running backs and make them productive NFL players. No one argues that the Bengals should have drafted an offensive lineman in round two. No one says, James, what the hell were the Bengals thinking? Drafting Joe Mixon, 48th overall. They traded back. They could have had... An offensive lineman there. No one says that. And that, as far as value goes in the draft, if you look at the draft, if you remember back in April, that's where the value was. In round two, that's when you get your your lineman if you were going to get one. I loved the Bengals draft. I loved everything they did in that draft. Speed on both sides of the ball. Boost your pass rush. You got the value there in third and fourth round. Guys, Carl Lawson is going to be... I think he's a T.J. Watt type guy. Like, I think he's going to be around as good as that guy. You get him a couple rounds later. Jordan Willis was a beast last night. Beast. You got him in the third round. I don't question the Mixon pick. I don't question the Ross pick. I, I think they're both great picks. But when you do, and you only look at the Ross pick, and you don't mention the running back, and how clunky the situation's been between Hill and Mixon and Giovanni Bernard. And you don't question that pick at all? That's silly to me. So if you're going to question the Ross pick, 
then you should question the mix and pick. That's my that's my philosophy. Uh, honestly, that that's my thought process. Why in the world? Like Ross is as unique, if not more unique, than Joe Mixon. He is. Oh, he's just another 5'11 burner. How many of those are there? I've heard this fan base talk about Deshaun Jackson for years and years and years and years. If Ross ends up being Deshaun Jackson, and I think that's what he's going to end up being, something like that, that's enough. That's exactly what you want. No one questions Joe Mixon. The Bengals already had two second-round running backs. Yes, they needed an offensive lineman. They picked Mixon. I get it because I think he's a special talent, a lot like Ross, top 15 ability. But if you're going to be critical of Ross, look at the numbers. Joe Mixon has 45 yards on 17 attempts in two games. That's it. Nine attempts yesterday for 36 yards. It's 10 touches total yesterday, 11 touches total against Baltimore. You can sell me on both, and I've been sold on both, and I like both picks. But if you haven't been sold on Ross, why in the hell are you sold on Mixon? There's no difference right now. It's all talk. It's all people like me saying how good they could be, the potential they could have. Mixon hasn't shown it. You haven't seen it. Maybe a little flash. Not that much. Yeah, you could say, oh, well, Mixon carried Jadavion Clowney yesterday. You're right. He showed little flashes of it. But Ross did on one damn touch yesterday how much burst he had, how he could explode in the hole real quick. He fumbled. I get it. But if you're going to question one, I just don't get why you wouldn't question the other. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Great to have you in on a Friday. I told you it would be extended, and this is an extended podcast. Joe Goodberry going to join us in just a second. But first, a word from my bookie. You know, I've started this podcast, and ever since I've been in radio, people always ask me, oh, what do you think about this game or that game? You know, Cleveland, they got the Ravens this week, Chicago, Detroit. Let me tell you this. When you're betting, where you're betting, just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell my people to go to mybookie.ag. Mybookie has been in the business for years, and their reputation rock solid like a hit from Carl Lawson. They do 100% cash bonuses off the bat, so you're making money for doing nothing. I signed up for this, loved my bookie. It was an easy process, just took me a couple minutes. You know who's going to win, right? Lay down some cash, win big today. I would only recommend this, one, if it was good to me. I've used mybookie.ag. I'm urging you to do the same. Join now, and mybookie will match your deposit with up to 100% bonus. Use promo code LOBENGLES. Locked on Bengals, L-O Bengals is the promo code to activate that offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Remember, use promo code L-O Bengals. Let's keep things rolling with our weekly Bengals film review. On the line right now is Joe Goodberry. You can follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. He's writing now for the BengalsWire.com. Great stuff. It's uh, USA Today. Uh, website, so make sure you check that out. There's a link on his Twitter as well, at Joe Goodberry. Joe, thanks for joining me as always, and I want to start here because I've been talking, we're about 27 minutes into this podcast. It's going to be one of our longer podcasts here on Locked on Bengals because there's so much to cover. I look at last night, and when you watch the film, 
I thought that the offensive line gave Andy Dalton a chance to win, gave this offense, this team a chance to win, going up against J.J. Watt, Jadavion Clowney, Whitney Merciless. They did their part, and Andy Dalton, Ken Zampezi didn't do theirs. When you went back, watched the film, digested things, what did you see? Yeah, if we want to say the offensive line was passable, I'm completely with that because it was, I, I say it considering who they were playing against. J.J. Watt can take over a game at any point. We saw Jadavion Clowney do that, and he had a bunch of impact plays. Well, a lot of them were, um, you know, in coverage, recovering the fumble and chasing guys down. You know, Whitney Merciless, I like D.J. Reader. I think Christian Covington is a real big guy inside, and then he's hard to block in the run game. That's a really good front seven. So, uh, yes, a lot of the plays where I go back and I look and say, okay, what are the difference in, in the game? Look, I mean, let's look at Dalton's four or five worst throws of the game or worst plays of the game because a couple he took sacks. The protection was there. Uh, he missed. Um, so, yes, it was passable. I thought they could have done a better job run blocking uh, a few of the times. But at the same time, it's hard to completely fault the offensive line because of the rotation of the running backs almost don't make sense. They looked frustrated every time they were called off the field because you can't really get into a flow. You can't really set up defenders and get a feel for who's blocking well and who isn't when, when you're out after every two snaps. So um, I thought they were passable. They weren't the difference in the win and the loss, I think, in this game. Joe Goodberry on Twitter. Uh, again, make sure you give him a follow, at Joe Goodberry. Uh, we talked before this, this segment started, Joe, and it was – a lot about uh, Andy Dalton, and I get it. That, like I, I wrote about this on ESPN1530.com today. There, there, it's a, just a bad formula right now. You have a, a below-average offensive line. You have a, co- a quarterback that can't deal with pressure or thrive at all. I mean, Andy Dalton, to me, was worse under pressure yesterday when he did get any, any type of pressure than Deshaun Watson, which may, maybe I'm wrong about that. And then you have a bad play caller. So... Bad offensive line, quarterback who struggles under pressure and can't kind of create on his own a little bit or hang in the pocket, and bad offensive coordinator. That's just a recipe for disaster in in everything, even with all those weapons hit at once, and that's why the Bengals haven't scored a touchdown in two games. Yeah, and it was about halftime. I remember saying this is the worst offensive line. Not offensive line, I'm sorry. It's the worst offense in football. Uh, It may be the worst line, too, but the the combination, like you said, is a terrible mix. Um, Dalton is really struggling right now, not only to deal with pressure. He's perceiving pressure when it isn't there, and it's ruining a lot of plays that they could potentially have. But then when you go and you watch the routes and you're watching the receivers, and you say, okay, who's open? Dalton's got a little bit of time. There's no creativity. There's no easy throws. There's no, okay, we're going to scheme this guy open uh, you know, on a combo route to, to get the ball to LaFell. Uh, for an easy first down. There's none of those easy throws. To them, the easy throws or, or what it seems like they're, they're installing are screen passes. There was a couple, there was one to Geo, there was a couple to the receivers, and those are some bad throws on those balls too, and the defense was ready for it. Um, they're not tricking anybody. They're not tricking anybody in the run game. They're not tricking anybody in the passing game. And I, I, you really shouldn't have to with this much talent, but because of the mixture of strengths and weaknesses and how they've built this team, they're going to have to go out there and out-scheme and, and mentally win. And right now, they're not even trying to do that at all. Uh, watch some other games this week. I, you know, every Bengals fan, I, I implore you guys, if you, if you mostly just watch the Bengals every week, go watch some other teams. 
it's worse than what it looks like. When you're watching the Bengals, you look at it and you go, man, this, they are bad. Go watch some other teams. Watch how creative they'll get. And you'll come away feeling even worse about this team. And, and I know that's not the, the objective and that's not what you want. That's how bad it is right now. And Joe, one thing that, that I, I want to discuss, A.J. Green's comments, and we played him here earlier on the, the podcast, you followed A.J. Green throughout his career, watched him. He's obviously a superstar on the field, quiet off of it. And I think that this year, this offseason, he was willing to take more of a leadership role and, and, and talk more. After the game, he was clearly pissed off. He, he pretty much made it about as simple as can be. We need to find a way to get the ball in the playmaker's hands. If the offense struggles, they need to throw the ball to me. And I agree. It, 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 in an offense that has a, an A.J. Green, that has a Tyler Eifert, there were times, and I know they had the, the, the touchdown, where Eifert kind of ran out of bounds, and, and that was a big play. But there were times where Eifert was invisible. He's been invisible for yeah. the better part of eight quarters. I would say six out of eight. And A.J. Green, he has 10 catches through two games, but they're not using him enough. They're not throwing up the 50-50 the balls. And if you're struggling on offense, why not give your best player a shot to make a play? Yeah, I don't even think – Deshaun Watson didn't even have 100 yards passing. So it's great to directly compare to, to that offense because they were in similar situations with needing to protect their quarterback, having a bad offensive line, but you have a superstar receiver you got to get the ball to. And DeAndre Hopkins had 14 targets. When they needed him in that third and fourth quarter, they went back to him and back to him and back to him, and they didn't care if you put Pac-Man, Derek was Denard, they didn't care if you're rolling a safety or a linebacker underneath. They just kept throwing them the comeback routes, deeper routes, in-breaking routes, out routes. They said, this is our guy. We don't have anybody else right now. We need to throw him the ball. And then you come back to the Bengals on offense, and A.J. Green doesn't get a target for two drives, three drives sometimes. Uh, they end the game going to Erickson three times, basically. And it's the offense. It's way too easy to take Green and Eifert out of the game. I think Eifert look, looks a little weird right now. He looks a little stiff. Um, he's coming off the field, holding his back at times, look, walking gingerly. They had to check him out a couple times for different things. Uh, even I think on the last play, he wasn't even out there. But um, when you when you look at how defenses play the Bengals right now, and we talked about this all offseason because they did it last year, they're still shooting that safety way over top of green side. And we talked about the Bengals offense, and it's predicated on the pre-snap read, and they pretty much know where they're going with the ball by the time Dalton's hitting his back foot if the coverage goes exactly the way they expect. So seeing that pre-snap, seeing that safety over top of green, you're almost eliminating him from the play. Like, Dalton's saying, okay, I'm not going that way unless i got to force the ball to him, and, you know, they only do that when they really feel like it's necessary to call that play for him. So there's no just automatic throws to A.J. Green in this offense. And that's bad. That's not what you want. You, you need to move them around. You've got to put them in motion. You've got to get them in the slot. You've got to bunch up some receivers maybe in front of them to give, them, to give different looks to the defense so that he can get a free run or a free release or, or you know, come out and end up being the guy that's sitting in the, the window in the zone defense. They're just not doing enough to get him the ball. And a lot of it, they're doing a lot of the same to Eifert, even though I don't, I'm not sure Eifert's the exact same guy we saw a couple years ago. Defenses are still saying, okay, if we can shade a safety over over top of green, but we're also going to keep a, a linebacker near Eifert um, just to just to ensure that he's not the guy beating us. And from there, who's winning? They sat Tyler Boyd. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. Well, I think you and I both questioned how good Tyler Boyd is, but something had to have gone. Something had to have happened. Something had to have happened off the off the field or, or you know in the organization. Watching the film last week, I remember thinking, man, Boyd's not getting open at all. But I didn't think it was to this point where you're benching him. 
Um, and then again, LaFell, without using John Ross, this defense, the defenses don't care about Boyd, about Ross. I mean, I'm sorry, about Boyd, about LaFell, about Core, about Erickson. Those aren't threats to them. They, they, they're not going to treat them with any type of respect. And right now, that is limiting how often they can actually go to their playmakers. You're, this should never happen that you can't get the ball to A.J. Green in the crunch time when you need four points and move the ball down the field. And you're not even starting to look his way as the play develops. You're not even looking that way at all because they roll the safety over top. The, the offensive design is poor right now. Joe, I, I have some breaking news. Ian Rappaport is reporting right now, tweeted it when we were talking. Actually, the Bengals are going to fire Ken Zampezi. Um, and obviously we don't know his successor. We don't know what's going to happen. But coming into today, I thought that that was the most realistic way to potentially get this season turned around I don't think AJ McCarron's the answer I think the Bengals don't feel the same way they don't think AJ McCarron's the answer so you got to roll with Dalton you're not going to grow a new offensive line that that's just a lot better mid-season the one thing you can do is get a new offensive coordinator in there Uh, your thoughts reaction Uh, obviously you kind of broke it down film wise but your thoughts to them pulling the plug on Ken Zampezi two games into this year it had to happen. It honestly had to happen. And it's not that unprecedented. It may be for the Bengals to fire a coordinator. I don't think they've ever done that midseason. I know they have, they've had coaches uh, quit after three games in the past. But um, it reminds me of the Bills two years ago uh, with Greg Roman. They go on a Thursday night game, and the offense is completely inept. But they end up scoring 31. I think they lost 37-31 and to the Jets. Uh, but the offense was terrible, and they fired Greg Roman the next day. This was week two, similar, exact same situation. They fired him on Friday morning. Um, they went with Anthony Lynn and had a better offense for the rest of the year, considering with Tyrod Taylor and the limitations they've had. But for the Bengals, who calls the plays now? Who goes in there? I think James Urban, the wide receiver coach, has a future as a coordinator one day. I don't know if he's ready to do it. I don't believe he's ever called plays. They do have Bill Lazor as the quarterback's coach right now. He's been a coordinator at, I don't know if it was Virginia or Virginia Tech, but one of the two, uh, Miami and Buffalo, which I believe is in like 02 or 04, uh, early 2000s. So Bill Lazor has some experience in there. I could see him getting that job, getting that role. He is the quarterback's coach. If he feels comfortable knowing Andy Dalton, you build your offense quarterback out, I believe, in today's NFL. Um, to me, he seems like the logical choice to, to throw in there and have, have an offensive system in 10 days when they play again. He's Joe Goodberry on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Joe, I, I appreciate the time. Uh, one more question for you. We can't let the film review go without talking about the defense because, to me, I, uh, a couple takeaways. Geno Atkins was the man yesterday. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the secondary, I thought, played pretty well. I thought Pac-Man Jones uh, was good. Uh, certainly had a nice showing in his return from a suspension. And I thought Jordan Willis as well played pretty well. Uh, I'm saying well a lot, but uh, that means the defense is playing good. What what, uh, what was your thoughts on the Bengals' defense? That defense wins 16 out of 16 games if you have a functional offense. Um, and I, I think I could say that last week, too. As two weeks in without Vontaze perfect, I think you have to be excited about the Bengals' defense. It's... Uh, it's a good unit, and I love that athleticism at defensive end, defensive line, really, because Chris Smith going in and the nickel defensive tackle is such a boost. They did that one stunt with him and Carlos Dunlap, and Smith got in there for the sack. That, that, that's an athletic nickel front, man. Um, this is the most fun thing to watch right now on the team, and I hope it continues. I hope getting perfect back help, helps, obviously, uh, and, and, you know, another two weeks for that. But 
I want to see William Jackson play. I think that was my biggest disappointment on the defense. Uh, they they went out there with Denard. He played some outside when Pac-Man needed a rest, and then he moved into nickel, which is fine. I thought Denard's been fine in nickel. He he missed that tackle on Deshaun Watson on the long run. He dropped an interception. Both those plays probably win the game if he if he finishes them. But overall, I think his coverage has been fine. I think he's been physical as a run defender. Um, at the same time, I think William Jackson is the best corner prospect they have and has the most talent uh, of the corners, even though Kirkpatrick has started this year really well. They haven't even tested him at all between the Ravens and the Texans. Uh, he should be feeling really good about himself. I think he's playing well. Uh, the Bengals have a good defense. I wish the offense was somewhat manageable because this could be a 2-0 and start easily. It could, and, and that leads me to, to one more question the more I think about it, because now where do they go from here? Ken Zampezi fired at least the news broke literally it's it's 224 it broke at 215 so we're nine minutes into it and now joe i look at the schedule and let's say they lose to green bay that's going to be a tough game at lambeau to win then you have at cleveland buffalo at home if you could get to two and three before the bye get this offense in sync a little bit perfect comes back i don't want to be optimistic you know too optimistic because obviously it feels like the sky is falling but i think that this move with zampezi could potentially, with the schedule, uh, a mixture of things and the way the defense is playing, give the Bengals a chance to at least get back in the thick of things and uh, maybe get back to 500 before uh, or shortly after the bye. Yeah, I'll give you a, a positive and a negative viewpoint. Um, when you're 0-2, you have a 12% chance historically of making the playoffs. <laughs> uh, your season's over if you start off 0-2. That was a must-win game uh, yesterday. On the other hand... The Packers are an uncommon opponent coming up. Bengals have a, pretty much a uh, 75% win chance in Dalton's career against those teams. I know it's the Packers, but they've beaten a lot of good teams when they've been uncommon, including the Patriots, Packers, and Seahawks. Um, and then they go on to Cleveland and, and Buffalo after that. It could happen. If, if whoever the new offense coordinator is can get them to be somewhat manageable on offense and with as good as the defense is, it wouldn't be crazy if they were three and two at the at the end of this next uh, next stretch here of three games. Even if they were two and three, you're still somewhat in it. So uh, it's it, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but the odds are extremely against them. He's Joe Goodberry on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Joe, as always, thank you for coming on. Hopefully, at some point, we'll be able to do one of these where uh, Bengals fans are excited to talk about how great the offense and defense played. Uh, make sure you check out Joe's work, The Bengals Wire. Great stuff he's been writing for them. Uh, was it starting this week? Yeah, uh, Start- just, I think about five days ago. Starting this week, it's uh, really good stuff, and uh, you can check out all those links on his Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Joe, as always, man, I appreciate the time. Thanks for having me, James. That's Joe Goodberry. He's on Twitter. Like I said, at Joe Goodberry. Well, they made a move. I want your thoughts at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals on Twitter. Email me, James Erpine at ESPN1530.com. The Bengals fire offensive coordinator Ken Zampezi, according to Ian Rappaport, NFL Network. Your thoughts? I think it was the move they had to make. I wrote about it today at ESPN1530.com a couple hours ago. Check that out, ESPN1530.com slash James. I'm feeling this music. Maybe there's hope. Maybe hope's on the way. I like the idea of James Urban or Bill Lazor. I mean, either one. But uh, James Urban, I, I respect him. And I know Andy Benoit, who's been on this podcast a couple times, MMQB, loves 
James Urban believes in him a lot. So I, I think he would be certainly a candidate as, as Joe Goodberry throughout there. I'll have that. The latest Bengals offensive coordinator, that news, and so much more. Keep it locked right here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry we went long today. A lot to cover. Plus, we got that breaking news. Thank you for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast.